The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here are Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. My name is Josh Gilbert, sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Welcome back to... Uh, the show. Welcome back this weekend. Some more interesting stuff that we want to talk about today. This is brand new information as well. Secure Act 2.0 got passed in February of 21. 21, yes. But yeah. it took to 23, 24, and 25. Yes, it has uh, four or five different components that get put in each year as we go forward. So um, we have some fun ones for 24. So there's new things. And, and are these things that we will bring to you? So full disclosure, Jeff is my tax guy. He's my wealth advisor. He's my guy. And, and that's the best is when you have a tax strategist, your tax guy is also your, your wealth advisor. Yes. Because it's one-stop shopping. Yes. Makes it 10 times easier. Um, and again, there's great reps out there, um, but they will say, oh, consult your tax advisor and then you have to take all that data over and go talk to your tax guy, yeah. and your tax guy goes, "What are you doing?" Um, you know, and then you get in this conflict back and forth, and the left hand doesn't know what the, the right hand is doing. The tax guy's an idiot. Yeah, you know, your and, wealth advisor's <laughs> an idiot. You know, and yeah. and you just say, "Well, Jeff, I want to talk taxes," and he says, "Okay, let me." Let me go get your, your tax advisor. And then he spins his chair around. That's right. Says, Hello. Real quick. Hi, that's me. I got to put my – when I'm a tax guy, I got to put my pocket protector in. And then yeah. Go, well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hello. Let me get my, my abacus out. <laughs> um, so it's just really helpful to have your wealth advisor also be your, your tax guy because yes. you can talk to us about every move that we make regardless of with its – uh, retirement, yes, or with uh, uh, while we're accumulating our four hundred one k, exactly, Robert, everything has a tax implication. Yes, so, everything that you do in the financial world will end up on your tax return at some point in time. I think everything we do, period, pretty in much, general, it's getting that way. That yeah, they're going, hey, we're going to tax you for that. Yeah. You know, and I, I love when they do this. They're like, well, this has. It won't affect your your taxes at all, but we still want you to tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, it's tell like, us all about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Um, so I don't know more taxes. No. Then why do I have to tell you? Because <laughs> just because just because it's coming down the pike in four or five years. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you need to have a tax guy have uh, you know all the knowledge of what you're doing on both sides, and that's kind of what Jeff does. So yes. might as well have one guy take we, care of it. We talk to people all day long that are like, oh, I owe tax. Um, if you're still working, the concept is, first thing we look at is, what, you know, do you do a 401k? Do you do an HSA? Those are, those are quick, simple, easy ones, and you instead of paying the IRS, pay yourself first and offset that tax. Super simple. Super um, simple. 
So everything that you do has the tax implication and what you may not realize because I don't know the tax code. I'm, I'm going to talk to the listeners right now. You don't know the tax code either. <laughs> so everything that we do could have some tax beneficial ways of doing it. You yes. know, it's like we're not going to stop you from buying the boat. Yeah. But we can explain to you, hey, maybe that boat, you could take it as a second home because it has a, a kitchen and a bathroom in it, you know. Who knew? Yeah. Who and knew you that get you to could write do off that. the interest. So, so buy a bigger boat. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. If you splurge for the one with the kitchen, you can write yeah. it off. Um, so all of these things uh, affect us every single day, and you got to find somebody that can help walk you through it. Not only to tell you about it, which is what we do with the show yeah, every week. But to guide you and walk you through it. To help you implement it into your plan. So we're going to talk about the SECURE Act 2.0 as uh, we get into the program here. But first, I have um, some of my own tax questions, <laughs> and uh, it affects everyone, not just me. Um, but tax season is upon us. Oh, it is. How are we looking? What Anything come up? Have you started doing returns yet? Oh, we've done tons of returns already and uh, tons in the works. We're waiting. Typically, what we're waiting for is right now we're waiting for 1099s. Um, 1099 DIVs, which are the you know your brokerage statements in a sense. Some are out. Some we don't trust. <laughs> it's too early. Um, others, they're out, and it says preliminary. So if you have a 1099 that just showed up in the mail last couple of days, look in the upper right-hand corner and see if it says preliminary. What if would it say otherwise? Um, say final and give you a date. Um, and if it says final and a date, go for it. Um, but what we're seeing is a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, um, with the, the, the good effect of the Fed raising interest rates over the last uh, two and a half years, is now for fixed income, you can make money. I mean, literally, uh, 2009, I think, was the last time that anybody really saw interest rates that, you know, were worth anything. But what we're seeing now is people who had CDs, who had just cash in the bank, um, they're quadruple what they were two years ago. So you made more money, but guess what? It's now forcing taxation. Right. Kind of that un, I won't say overlooked, but overshadowed, whatever you want to call it. All of a sudden, the 1099s are coming in. You're like, wow, you know, I made $5,000 in interest and I had 200 the last couple of years. So let me ask you this. Um, it is a progressive tax um, code. Code, yes. And uh, the more you make, the more they tax you. But if I only make my first ten grand, what? Technically, don't pay any tax. Don't pay anything. Yeah. But then my the first thirty, then they start taxing me at one rate. Yeah. And then once I get to fifty, everything, you know, after eighty or everything after exactly. the new, everything after that gets taxed. Yes. So let's settle uh, an an urban legend, an old wives' tale. I've had people tell me, oh, you know, I got a raise, but it bumped me up in a new tax bracket. So technically, I'm making less than I used to. No. No, <laughs> that is not the it's case. Not, now, it, I say that there's always an exception to the rule. We're dealing with the IRS. If you're about $416,000 or greater, yes. So, I mean, if you got the, the raise of a lifetime, you got a $200,000 raise – it could throw you into a very weird tax bracket that, yeah, I would say that could be an issue. But mainstream America, no. Um, even if you stepped over the, you know, now the funny part is the, I guess it really goes from the uh, uh, 12 to the 22% tax bracket. 
I mean, that's a 10% increase, but it's only 10% on a dollars above that threshold. So again, if you're $5,000 ahead of that threshold, yes, you're going to pay 10% more on only that Only on that five grand, though. Exactly, but it's only on the extra earnings. So no, it's not like you're making less by no means. So when these people are on fixed incomes and, and maybe they uh, have got their money in uh, a money market and with the interest rates being what they are, they're, they're starting to make their earning money, but they owe more taxes. Yes. <laughs> but they made more money. They did. But the flip of that then, too, is you got to take it into the big scope, which is inflation is still out there. So they made more money, but they're going to end up spending it. Yeah. So you go, you know, it's kind of that double-edged sword where – you know, interest rates are higher. Now, there is this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the Fed kind of, I won't say played their hand last year, but they kind of came out and said, hey, um, uh, we might lower interest rates next year. Everybody went berserk saying, oh, that's pure politics, you know, da, da, da. I think what they were doing, though, was they were preempting it to say, hey, in 24, if we really did lower interest rates or really do lower interest rates, um, that it wouldn't come out like they were playing politics. Um, with some of the data that's come out in the last couple of weeks, it looks like they're going to push it back a little bit. Yeah, what happened this past week? So it, P- the, CPI numbers came out. Inflation is starting to rise back again. Um, that's the fear of the Fed as they've risen rates or they've raised rates to where they are today. And then they have actually sat since, I'll call it, the first quarter of 23, they have, they've just they haven't done anything. Stand pat. Stand pat. They haven't so for passed. Over a year. They've just sat where we're at. And they're saying that, again, the Fed always says we're data dependent, um, depends upon you know numbers that come in on a regular basis. And then they plopped this thing out last year saying, hey, we might lower rates next year. I think they were preempting it just in case they did. It didn't look like that was pure politics. Um, but now what the Fed is saying and some of the unemployment reports that came out, now the Fed is actually thinking, you know, I mean, the New York, I think the New York Fed chair came out and said, oh, it'll be March 1st when we start to do this, lowering rates. Uh, the Fed chair, the true Fed chair, Bernanke, came out and said, eh, not so fast. It might be later summer now. So, again, the day, they're data dependent, so it depends upon where we are economically. But with this CPI number going higher – it means inflation is still out there. You see it when you go to the store. Mm-hmm. Um, groceries, well, we talk about it all the time. Grocery stores are terrible. Um, so, again, if inflation rises, the Fed cannot come along and lower interest rates. It will just make that uh, inflationary factor worse. Yeah. Um, so, tell me this. I had heard that there are um, accounts out there that I can start. I've got... Uh, a checking account, you know, I I mm-hmm. pay gas and groceries with yeah. with day to day living expenses. Um, you know, I go get a burger. It's mm-hmm. my debit card account. It, it's a checking account. It yeah. doesn't make a lot of money. Yeah, is there uh, some sort of money market with the in- interest rates being what they are? Is there some sort of money market or account that I could put my money into going forward, where I can still use it? My Pull out my debit card and, and yes. get that burger, but also be making more interest than I would in just a standard checking account. Yes. And what are those called? It's just basically a money market um, is what it really is. And classically, um, interest rates were you know steady. Inflation was, was low. Money markets weren't Oh, really they were – I mean, it, back in the day, again, you got to look at it this way. 
2008, when the world came to a screeching halt, in 2009, they started dropping interest, rate, interest rates like a rock. We technically went to zero from 2009 up until the last three or four years where they started to, to increase interest rates, but it was only because the Fed really had no uh, tools in the toolbox. Um, we were at a, a technically a negative interest rate. You can't publicize that. Um, so the Fed would raise rates slowly behind the scenes, not really say anything, just to give them some ammo um, because that's their main um, um, tool to fight inflation. If inflation ever shows up, they just start decreasing interest rates or increasing interest rates to see what transpires as it goes. So anytime that they need to spark the economy, they decrease interest rates. Anytime that they need to slow it down, they start skyrocketing interest rates. So since 2008, 2009, we've been zero. <laughs> yeah. So now all of a sudden, boom, we have the skyrocketing you know, interest rate out there. You can get, you know, four point. I think the rolling rate now is anywhere between 4.5, 4.7 in a money market, um, which, you know, it's to some people is unheard of, but that's it's been so long. Um, CDs are at five. But aren't, uh, aren't there certain accounts where I put my money in and I got it's got to be locked away oh, for 12 months? Yeah, there's some, months. or you only get one or two transactions. That's basically right, the, the yeah. banking side of it where they want to, because they're taking that money and they're borrowing it or loaning it back out. They don't want you to come back and go, hey, I want my money, you mm-hmm. know, or use a debit transaction every other day. But most brokerage accounts have, you know, no no limits on transactions, um, and you get the higher rates. Does it work? Like, a, I get a separate debit card. Yeah, separate debit card. Nothing, nothing fancy. And it's um, like, what if I make fifty charges that that month? There's, yeah, fifty charges that come out. Interesting. Um, the the calculation you'll make less interest because sure. you have less money in less there. money in that yeah. account as you go. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that would be an option that we would want to talk to you about maybe uh, going forward. But there's so many different options out there. And the point being that 10 years ago, it wouldn't have made any sense. But no. now it does. Today it does. I mean, and that's where you see this. I'll call it, a, for the sake of conversation, a mini run on banks. Not that the bank's balance sheets are bad and they did bad investments or anything like that. The banks have just now started to kind of get competitive with their rates. So six months ago, you would go and say, hey, what's your what's your money market rate? And they'd go 2.5%. Brokerage accounts, you're at four, four and a quarter. Um, so anybody would go, hey, well, I can make more money. I'm going to take my money out of my savings account at the bank and go move it over and put it in a brokerage account. And in a sense, most of the regional banks were really having pressure put on them because it wasn't that you know a traditional run on a bank where everybody shows up same day and wants their money for fear that the bank is going to fail. It was just people were shifting money over out of the savings accounts back into brokerage accounts. Most of the banks are now they've realized that and they become competitive, so they're paying you know their fair share if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So, well, these are some of the options that you probably didn't know exist, and maybe five years from now they're not going to be. Oh, it'll change. Of- It'll change because if the Fed really does start to decrease interest rates, say mid-summer, um, all these money market rates will change instantly. The minute that they do that, it's going to start dropping. Aside from being annoying to me having to move my money around constantly, is there a, um, a penalty? No. Most of them are, are liquid cash, no risk. <clears throat> it's liquid um, 
kind of the best of both worlds. You got cash and you could do something with it. You don't have to lock it up. And I can go to my bank and just say, hey, what do you got for yeah. me? Yeah, what do you got? Now, you probably have to ask because mm-hmm. we have seen, and I won't name the bank, some of them, if you don't ask, they're going to put you in a savings account and it'll earn 3%. If you go, hey, what else you got? They'll bump you up to their premier money market and you'll get you know a point, two points, three points higher. Interesting. So, all right. So, things the, things to keep in mind. Yeah, and the days of CD shopping are coming back. Back in the day, um, retirees would go literally take an afternoon and go drive around and look at all the different rates at, at the banks and pick the best one and go move their money. That's back, and it's back. <laughs> and is a CD one of those where you got to lock it up? For yeah, a, CD. A, you're going to lock it up anywhere between three months to. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, typically what we've been doing in the past, just because the Fed was messing with interest, they kept raising interest rates. We would do short term six month. And that way you wouldn't, your uh, interest rate risk on the backside of that, you do six months, typically by the time your CD would mature, the rates were higher. You could you could relock it back in for six more months at a higher rate and just keep going on from there. Yeah. Now it may play the opposite, which is you may want to do a longer CD because if the feds then start to decrease interest rates and you're at a, say, a 5.5 or 5.45 interest rate today, in midsummer they start to decrease interest rates, maybe you do a year and lock in that 5.5 five, you know, for 12 months or 18 months. So, Yep. Uh, so there's so many things that you can do with your money. You just have to know that they exist. Exactly. And you have to <clears throat> many times have someone walk you through it. We are going to talk about the Secure Act 2.0. It is. Uh, it was passed in 2021, but it's starting to kick in 23, 24, yes. 25. So there might be things that we talk to you about, uh, you know, later on in March. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm going to wait till March. 25. <laughs> or we wait until 25 when we can actually start taking advantage of some of these things. But to know that they're out there is a good thing. Really quickly, bonuses. Yes. If you are an employee and you make $100,000 and you get a $30,000 bonus at the end of the year, is that bonus taxed differently yes. than, than your ordinary as, income? As long as it's clocked as a bonus, um, it's going to be taxed in the upwards of 30% on the federal side. Mm. And the reason they do that is let's say that, uh, and again, you have two, I'll say two camps here. You have the executive side of this corporation and you have the employee side of this corporation. Let's say the executive makes $5 million a year. The employees make $100,000 a year. The problem is, is if they drop a huge bonus on you, that executive probably owes tax on that bonus at the end of the day because they're in a higher tax bracket. But the employee will overpay their taxes because they're probably not at a 30% bracket and they'll get a refund back. Oh, really? So all their, yeah. So if you overpay, so if so your regular paycheck rolling through the year, they deduct your federal, state, and all that fun stuff, and then they pay you a bonus at the end of the year, they're going to up the bonus. You may be, you know, I'll say a 15% withholding rate throughout the year, but it's going to be a 30% on a bonus. You're overpaying your taxes, and if you overpay your taxes, you get it back when you file. Interesting. So yeah. you pay 30%. Up yes. front, you get your paycheck and your 
you know. Yeah, and you look at it and you go, and that's where that that urban myth comes from. People are like, wait, you know, a ten thousand dollar bonus is well, only seven grand. Poof, because they withheld all that. But if you do your taxes correctly, you're going to get the bulk of it. When back. everything shakes out, you yeah, get because you're really not at a thirty percent bracket. Okay. Now that executive, may if have I'm to, at twenty four percent, then I'll get six percent exactly, back. Exactly. Okay. That's the way to look at it. So yes, they do do it, and and IRS kind of enforces this. I mean, you're supposed to. I've seen it where they pay bonuses and they don't withhold anything, and you go, eh. But literally, if you read the regs, you're supposed to, the IRS regs, you're supposed to do it <laughs> at a higher tax bracket. And uh, when people add in bonuses like this, companies, uh, you know, the $30,000 bonus, uh, I someone told me that uh, next year their bonus will be the exact same as their 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 paycheck every year. That'd be kind of cool. You know, it's just like a, a double mm-hmm. uh, their income, but half of it's bonus. Why don't they just raise my salary? You know, my, oh, we're going to double, be- we're going to bonus your salary. Well, because maybe it's, it's incentive based one um, to make you sell more, to do more, whatever the case may be. And it could be if they doubled your salary, and then the company says, hey, 50% of our sales just went away. Oh, yeah, they're stuck. A, yeah, they're yeah. stuck and they're paying these huge salaries and then they got to lay people off. So I could see where they kind of play both sides of that as they go to where they say, hey, you're, you know, your salary is 50 grand. And if you hit these you know, milestones, we're going to pay you another 50 as a bonus. That way, that uh, that secondary fifty is always I call it optional. If you want to say, do that. commission checks work the same way? With uh, the thirty no. percent, or is that <laughs> it, if you're if you're a W two employee and you get a commission check, in a sense, it's going to be kicked up at that little bit higher rate, or should be. If you are a subcontractor and your commission check comes in, you, they just pay flat out whatever you're – Oh, you don't pay any taxes on it. No taxes. So then you have to go back to the estimates. And pay quarterly. And pay your quarterlies. Exactly. Okay. So there's two two versions of that. All out right. There. So if, if my wife's like, oh, my bonus is going to be taxed higher, I can go back and tell her, well, we're probably going to get a nice kickback. You'll get the bulk of it back. Come tax time. Yes. Um, all right. And speaking of my wife, every paycheck I get, you know, she runs the show. She pays all the bills and everything. I get a paycheck. We don't have the same bank. Mm-hmm. We have separate accounts. I send her, you know, money via Venmo. Yes. So that she can move it around and pay the mortgage and pay this, pay that, yes. and the other. Am I going to get popped when at the end of the year, you know, Venmo says, "Hey, you've been you know, paying this person, you know, thirty grand." If if. If they do, it's been kicked. This will be the second year in a row that they've passed. They've kicked the can down the road um, just because you get into that scenario where that's not a taxable event. You guys are just pushing money back and forth. Um, If we get to the point where they do kick off what's called the 1099K, um, there's ways to work around it to not pay the tax on it. And it's, it's, it's completely legit to explain it. It just makes your tax return that much more... Uh, hairier in a sense, goofy, complicated. Because now you got 1099k showing up like you were self-employed, or you were, you know, getting an income from somewhere. Uh, no different. If you guys pass the money back and forth, what if you have a kid in school and you're sending them a, an allowance, if you want to call it? Oh that, yeah, via Venmo. Doing through Venmo, it's going to look like your your child made all this money. In reality, that just that's you, you know, making sure that they can eat and go drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, but that is uh, one of those things. And my wife was like, why don't you just switch banks and then we can move money to each other um, through the same bank. Yes, but, through the same, yeah. yeah. 
And yeah. I guess I'll have to do that next yeah. weekend. And again, this is the second year that they've kicked that down the road <clears throat> because originally it was supposed to issue – they will issue a 1099K for 200 transactions um, or uh, I think it's $100,000 of revenue. You know, If you hit the, that threshold, they'll kick off a 1099K. But those are for businesses in a sense. So, I mean, that's a ton of transactions going forward. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that, those are my questions. And, and without further ado, we'll take a commercial break and come back. Secure Act 2.0. They signed it in 21, but now it's actually starting to kick in and some of the cool and interesting things that are in there. And, you know, I always say this. They write the tax code for the rich, but yes. sometimes there's stuff in there that actually helps us. Exactly. So while there are some uh, probably parts of this that – that we'll never see or touch or whatever, <laughs> there's stuff in there that act- absolutely pertains to us. So we'll get into that. And it's something that you can talk to your tax advisor about or your wealth advisor about, or you can just call Jeff and make him both. 636-394-5524. That's Capital Advisory Group's phone number, capitaladvisorygrp.com. If you like what you hear and you have more questions, call Jeff, 636-394-5524. And it's tax season. If you didn't like your tax guy last year or you hear stuff that we're talking about and your tax guy never brought it up, yes, now's the time to switch. 636-394-5524. Keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall, Capital Advisory, GRP.com. Keep what's yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back to the show, back to Keep What's Yours, Jeff Zufall. If you want to contact him, like I said, right before we went to commercial break, maybe you didn't like your tax guy last year, or maybe you hear Jeff talking about things that your tax person didn't bring up, or maybe we're about to talk to you about the Secure Act 2.0, and you say, hey, those, there's a lot of stuff in there that I'd like yeah. to take advantage of, and I just don't see my tax person working with me on this or, you know, seeming as knowledgeable as Jeff is, Jeff can be your tax advisor. 636-394-5524. Open for business. Yes. You know? So come on in. Come on, come all. Um, Here's my first question. Secure Act 2.0. Did you read the entire thing? Uh, No. No. Highlights. Highlights. (laughs) So my question is, um, when you talk to us about all these new things that are coming out, I mean, you hit – before we, we started the show today, you said, hey, look at all this stuff in the Secure Act 2.0. You know, and I'm like, Jeff, you got to slow down. We have to start the show. Um, <laughs> but having the the basis of 30-plus years of, yes. of tax advising, mm-hmm. when they come out with a new law like this and you read it, it's just a, a little tweak to what's already been. Typically, yes. Um, sometimes, though, it's a revamp completely. Like all the COVID stuff was like, what? You know, well, that yeah, that's, that. that's got to be. But right. you had to play that game where they put it out there and you had to catch up to it. And then sometimes by the time that you caught up and you thought you understood the the rules and how it was applied, the IRS would come back and go, oh, oh we're going to redo that. Uh, we don't like that. And we're going to go this way with it. And so – um, there were many tax laws out there that they put out that you had to basically read up on. Um, and we get, I call them white papers, sent to us galore um, every time that they do something. And some of them you read it and go, yeah, I get it. Boom, you're done. And then others you're like, well, how does that apply? You know, yeah. and, and who who could that apply to? 
So it's just a matter of kind of then adapting it to, to certain clients. But with all the knowledge that you've had over the years, when they come out with something like this, um, you you have the basis of how it used to work. And yeah. it's pretty easy to transition, to transition in and go, hey, line. it's just, you, you know, you added this or you yeah. subtracted that. Right. Um, Rather than A, we do B now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, and you've got all these papers over here. Uh, you know, is this is this the, the industry trade magazine? These are all the yeah. stuff, yeah, that, that comes out and it says, here's all the junk you worry about. And this then, is kind of the white paper. No, that we no get. pictures. All, no, no, all there's words, no, believe me, there's no pictures. <laughs> page after page after page, and you've got all these things highlighted on it. So, yeah. you know, you want a tax guy that reads all the new stuff yes. and highlights the good stuff. And that's what we're going to do right now. Let's start with emergency withdrawals in the rainy day fund. Yes. So part of Secure 2.0, um, which kicks in in 24. So part of this kicked in in 23. And then the second half, 24, there's 25 provisions, um, which will be questionable because – Trump's tax laws sunset 25, so whoever wins this year's election, I won't say gets to, but will be forced yeah. to do some adaptation to it. And they, so, they don't necessarily have to change it. They, they don't have to. They can keep they, it running. They we, say – We default to 2018 tax laws is the issue and no one will like that. Right. Just because of where we were in 2018 versus where we are sitting in 24. So, so uh, things could change uh, or things might stay the same, but, but they have to be – something has to be done. Yes. And so, they'll probably be the uh, Keep What's Yours book 2.0 oh, great. after they do this adjustment. <laughs> yeah, well, so, there we go. But, yeah, so emergency withdrawals. So this is something a lot of people laugh at it, um, but it's basically saying that the, the prior to 59 and a half, any time that you took money out of any – I'll say retirement account, you paid penalties. Um, now what they're saying is you can take one distribution up to a thousand bucks a year, and you'll see how this builds on the other side. Um, and it's basically, you know, it's an exception to the ten percent rule. So I can I can dip in only a thousand thousand bucks a year. That's it. And they call this the emergency. I mean, a thousand dollars emergency. It's, it's emergency not going to pay my medical bills. It's no, a, but a lot of people. I mean, I've read a ton of stats that say most people don't have access to five hundred dollars in an emergency. Um, wow. So if you had a four hundred one k IRA, and something happened, you could reach in grab my a fridge th- breaks exactly grab a thousand bucks. But then here's how the flip side of this comes into play. Well, you'll see where it'll help you a little bit more. You can now set up within your 401k, if you want to call it, it's an emergency savings account is what it really is. It's a rainy day account. Um, It can be, you know, uh, funded with Roth 401k contributions, but you can, you max out at 2,500 bucks. That's it. So once you get 2,500 bucks in this account, it just sits there. Um, it's more than likely I haven't seen one of these in practical application yet. Mm-hmm. I would assume it's probably some type of fixed interest account where it's not market-based because if it's your rainy day fund, you don't want to show up and then go, hey, I need 2500 bucks, and you only have 1000 because the market went berserk on you. Um, so, again, that's 2500 bucks. So if you said, hey, I used my emergency withdrawal 1000 bucks, and now I got access to 2500 you now have $3,500 that you could get access to. 
Now, let me ask you this. My wife is one of these people, and, and you always ask her every time you see her, you always ask everybody, <laughs> what can you lay your head on the pillow? Exactly. Knowing is is in a, a checking account, a savings account that you have access to you could drive, in the event of yeah, emergency. Drive to the bank you know, tomorrow and, morning and, and grab, go get cash. What do you need? And my wife's like, oh, I don't know, about five grand, you yeah. know, just in case the, the AC goes out or something. Whatever, yeah. That's sitting in an account right now. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's the equivalent of under our mattress. Yeah. It is not making any money. Just it's just sitting. sitting there yep. just in case we need to mm-hmm. grab it. With this rainy day account inside of our 401k, with this emergency Kinda. dip, it's in there and we have Takes access to it. Yeah. But – it's making money. Hypothetically, it's um, again, like I said, I haven't seen one in practical because this is you know a month and a half old. Could be a fixed account. It's probably got to be a fixed rate, or because you don't want to save money in your emergency fund and then go back in there yeah. and you know when you really need it and it's not there. The market tanked, <laughs> and my twenty five hundred yep. rainy day fund is now five hundred. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, so it would probably be more of a fixed account. Has to so be. It, yeah. you can keep some rainy day money. In a spot yeah. that is actually making money while it's while it's hanging while out it's there, sitting there, but yeah. I can go and grab it tomorrow if you need it. It's there, so so it'd be thirty five hundred bucks total. And again, this goes down the path of some of the the, the the notices that we've read, you know, from a planning aspect that says you know a lot of people couldn't come up with five hundred bucks if they had to um, without waiting for their next paycheck. Mm-hmm. So again, here's a, a scenario where you could put money in. Um, no ten percent penalty. No ten percent penalty, and have access to up to thirty five hundred bucks as a safety net. But when you go and rob your four hundred one k, even when when they allow you to do it um, without penalty, you have to pay it back if it's a loan. But this is a emergency withdrawal from it, so technically you don't have to. But you got three year window to pay it back. So a three years, a three year window to pay it back to pay back a thousand thirty five hundred. Uh, $1,000, not the twenty five. Oh, the twenty five. Twenty five would be an annual sure. ongoing scenario. So if you spent your twenty five, you could replenish it. Um, but the thousand, basically, you could you could recontribute it within three years. Can I do twenty five hundred annually? So next year, I bump it up to five grand. No, it's just twenty five. And when it's <laughs> once done, you hit twenty five, it, it cuts it off, and it's going to push four, it back into the pre tax side or the Roth four hundred one. The emergency thousand dollars, I pay that back over three years. Yes. And I can do that out of pocket or out with of pocket. Because my... typically, if you take a loan for your 401k, only if you, the, the only time that you could pay it from an outside source is if you, if you got laid off or fired while you had an outstanding loan. Um, t- otherwise, the payback to a 401k has to come back pay, payroll. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to do it. So, But this, I can do it out of pocket. Yeah, up to All three right. years. Now we know there's an yeah. emergency fund out there and a so it's rainy not, day account out nobody, there. Nobody's buying Maseratis off these. Um, this is just strictly 3500 bucks total. And um, it's much more beneficial than saying, I got 3500 in a can in my backyard. Exactly. And earning nothing on it, um, you know, and it's just pure cash. With inflation the way it is, it's actually losing money. It, it is. Sitting in that can. Just nobody's going to send a notice to you going, hey, you had, you know, $3,500. It's now worth, uh, you know. $3,200 because of inflation. Now, I've got a Roth, and I've got a, a 401k, mm-hmm. a traditional 401k. Yes. I've got pre-tax and pre-tax after. Pre-tax and after-tax, and you always talk to us about buckets. Yes. Uh, I've got a little money in a brokerage account, but uh, I've got 
both a Roth and a, and a 401k. Mm-hmm. What is this new Roth 401k payouts? So um, basically what it's saying is it's going to take the tax benefits uh, you know, of a Roth IRA and the contributions are made with after-tax dollars. Um, and then it's it, when they originally did this, they said that if you had a Roth 401k um, and a pre-tax and you took dollars out of your pre-tax side for whatever reason, it would force prorate the exact same amount back out of your Roth 401k. They're now segregating those two. They're two totally different transactions. And if you were subject to required minimum distribution, there is a weird provision out there that the IRS said, hey, you, you have to take an RMD from your Roth and you go, well, it's after-tax money. Why would I ever have to do right, that? yeah. But it, they fell in the same category. Um, and it was not by design. It was just by the way they wrote the rule in a sense. So they've adjusted it and clarified it's now it. clarified it. And it's actually two separate transactions if you want to look at it that way. Now, this, this is where things get difficult for the layman or the layperson yes. like myself. Yes. <laughs> um, where I can obviously see the benefits of having the rainy day account and the, the 401k emergency exception mm-hmm. of $1,000, I can see the obvious benefits there. Does, does this uh, Roth payout thing, does this help us? Yeah, because the Roth 401k, remember, is after-tax dollars, and you have access to it. At uh, Your contributions come out tax-free. You just can't take any earnings out of that account. It's five years, 59 and a half, whatever's longer. So you, if you put 1000 bucks in your Roth 401k, you can go pull it out. What, it's, what I think is going to take place is it's going to be the, rep, the taxable reporting side of it. If you take money from a Roth 401k, it's still going to kick off a 1099. It's going to have a little box check that said taxable amount not determined. Yeah. And then on your it, the tax return level is where you go, hey, I put X into a Roth, um, and it does this calculation for you. Whereas these emergency withdrawals and the rainy day fund, I don't think it's going to kick off any, I would say, taxable reporting. But again, wait and see what transpires. Yeah, and as we mentioned <laughs> last time, it's not a taxable event to you, but the IRS still wants, wants you to, to log know about it. it. So there probably there might be some type of on a 1099 distribution, some weird code that it gets, and got to mention it. Not that it's a rainy day fund, but you know it gets a code something that's yeah. tied to it. So, so this would be something where, uh, and just putting this back on a normal person like myself. This would be something where I would come to you and and say, "What's new in the law? Yeah, how does here's here's my stuff. You know, you know me on paper. You know what I've got going on. Does any of this stuff help me? Yes. And, we and can, then we and say, you could, you could start this piece doing and it. that piece apply to you, and it would help you. Um, the rest isn't going to do a thing for you. How about <laughs> this? How about that? I mean, we I see you not every quarter, but twice a year, tax time, mm-hmm. and then over the summer we yeah. do a little uh, meet and greet and just make sure that we're on the path yeah. as we head into the end of the year. Um, how about this? This tax code stuff, well, way beyond all of us. But could I call you on a random day? Could I, you know... Uh, maybe uh, get an appointment and just say, Jeff, we're thinking about doing this with our money. Yes. Not like every time I go to the store to buy oh, a no. loaf of bread, but hey, we want to do a boat. We want to get this. Exactly. We we're, we want to do um, you know a new car. We want to do that. 
what is in the tax code that helps us or hurts us exactly. in our situation when it comes to this big purchase? That's what we do all day. All day? <laughs> so I can call you and Literally, say um, – it, it, People typically it's like, hey, here's what I got to do, um, college, whatever the case may be, what's the best way to do it? And it might be – it sounds goofy, but it might be a series of – little steps that you take that save you 500 bucks at the end of the day. You got to write a check for it anyway, yeah. but you save $500 to get there. Hey, that um, that fireplace project that we just did, mm-hmm. how do I how do I do that in the most tax beneficial way, yeah. uh, the most financially sound way? Do I take a HELOC? Do I borrow money from my house? Do I borrow exactly. money from 401k, rainy day fund, whatever? Make and you all can, your neighbors that come over and sit on a cold night um, pay you five bucks and then you're yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll pay for itself. Uh, so if there's a big home project, go talk yeah. to Jeff. There's say, there's ways around it because again, one of the things is is mortgage interest. Um, that's and again, this has nothing to do with the Secure Act, but this is part of the tax code, the mortgage interest. So let's say that you go and take a line of credit HELOC from your home, and half goes to buy a new car, but half goes to that fireplace project. From a tax person's angle, I can't take all the the interest that you take because you didn't use it to improve or, you know, expand upon your existing property. So what we have to do is then say, ooh, what would you spend that money for? And a lot of people are like, well, who cares? We need to know that. So the concept is let's say it's a 50-50 split. I have to take 50 percent of that interest that you get on that HELOC going forward forever until it's paid off and you only get the – right off 50% of it as you go. So I do 25, let's just say I took 25 grand on my HELOC. Mm-hmm. I did the fireplace, we replaced the HVAC and then uh, with the last 5,000 we paid off the car. Exactly. I can't deduct the car. Exactly. Everything the, else the can. The home improvements, yeah. I can't. Home improvements do. So it gets See? gets tricky. See, um, and everybody's got a project coming up cuz it's spring, it's summer. Exactly. Everybody wants to do a project uh, other than the interest rates have skyrocketed, so that will put some dampers uh, yeah, on, <laughs> on borrowing money. Right. So. Uh, but you can do the math on that stuff yeah. for us, too, and just say, look, this is how much it's really yeah. going to cost And it would you. save you this or, you know, hey, it's not yeah. worth it because you can't itemize, so don't worry about it, but you can't write it off anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. So. And, and Jeff will look at the numbers and say, boy, you should have done this four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 636-394-5524. you got a big purchase coming up. You want to take some money out of your house. You want to do some home improvements. You want to pay off the car. You want to do this. You want to do that. Jeff can walk you through and say this is the most tax beneficial way of doing it. And not to mention the fact that he's a wealth advisor as well. Yes. He can say this: these are the accounts that you want to take it exactly. from. And these are the accounts you don't. You don't touch them. Let them go. Don't. And, and with this new rainy day fund and this new emergency withdrawals, I got to imagine uh, a fridge going out or an mm-hmm. HVAC system going out. That would be there. Yeah. And you can do that in a tax beneficial way where you don't have to pay a 10% penalty, Robin, from your 401k. 636 394 5524. A lot of this stuff is new. And a lot of this stuff is just advancements on what was already older, older rules that they've um, uh, helped along the way. Yeah. So even if you think that you know the tax code, you don't know anything, okay? <laughs> because it's changing yeah. all the time, so you need somebody like Jeff to help you out. Capital Advisory GRP Com. Let's go to our last break. And then when we come back, a couple more things to know. Uh, employers can help us out with our student loan repayments. Yes. And uh, you got a 529 for your kids' schooling, and they got a free ride. Yep. What am I going to do with all that money exactly. I socked away? Well, there's places to put it. We'll talk about that and much more. It is Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. 
What Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Supal. Back on the show, Keep What's Yours. And Jeff, you got the book out, Keep What's Yours. Uh, it's a handy-dandy book. There's, uh, it's partialed out with a bunch of different chapters. Some chapters pertain to us. Some chapters pertain to small businesses. Yes. You specialize in small business. Yes. So if you've got a small business out there and, and you don't understand how you can't – you make a lot of money, but you're not making any money. Exactly. Um, Jeff can do an audit and, and take a look and see where you're bleeding money and where exactly. you're and, – and, uh, bump up the pluses and, and minus the negatives. Exactly. You know? that's, <laughs> so that's that's kind of how Jeff can help you with your small business and make sure that the money coming in stays in and doesn't get you know washed away with just stupid moves. Yes. We say all the time, I, I, I know flowers, so I open up a flower shop. You know what I don't know? Books. Exactly. Taxes. How to keep the books in order and what a profit loss looks like, a balance sheet. Those, right. are, those are primary. I never had to do math when making a flower arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> but all of a sudden, as a business owner, now that's all I'm doing. Um, so Jeff can help you out in that way. But with the Secure Act 2.0, there might just be a new Keep What's Yours revision. More than likely, there will be. <laughs> and with the new tax rules that are probably coming down in 2025, maybe it'll be version three. Yes. Maybe it'll be a whole revamp. Might know. be a whole revamp, probably. Keep more of what's <laughs> Yeah, yours, exactly. You exactly. Know, with Jeff Zufall. So uh, Jeff can get you a copy of the book, 636-394-5524. If you like what you hear, you're, you're not getting this information from your own tax guy. Maybe your tax guy did your taxes last year, and you don't think your refund was as big as it should have been. Let Jeff take a look at it and yep. have a crack at it. Capital Advisory Group. All right, rollover 529. You've been saving money for your kids' college, but guess what? They joined the military. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you for your service to all of you out there who have made that decision. Uh, but you don't need any money because uh, the one good thing that the U.S. does to our, our veterans the bill. <laughs> is they give us the GI Bill and they, yes. they pay for schooling. So. What am I going to do with all that money I saved for all those years for college? Exactly. In the past, that was always everybody's issue with the 529. They're like, well, what if? Um, well, today it's fixed. And I'll say, well, I shouldn't say it's fixed. It'd be easy if you just say, hey, take the money out and run. But you can't. Um, so you can take out and convert from your 529 to a Roth IRA for the beneficiary, which is t- technically the child. Um and you'd be able to do what their annual contribution rate is. So say it's $7,000 a year, every year, up to $35,000 lifetime. And once you hit that cap, again, brand new provisions, we're assuming that once you hit that lifetime cap of 35000 that you could change beneficiaries. But we will see. That's to be determined in the future. So... The 529, the saving for a college plan, you explained this to me a couple of weeks ago. It's it's kind of like a Roth. It's, yes. It's after-tax money that you put in. Yes. It grows like a Roth. Tax-deferred, which means um, you don't pay any current income tax, no capital gains. Everything no you gain dividends. off of it is yours. You don't have to yes. pay taxes on it or capital gains on it. Um, but you can take it out 59 and a half or five years. That's the rule in the Roth. But you can take it out whenever you want as yeah. long as it's for school. School or higher education, um, computers, tuition, um, tutors. Uh, that's something in the past that was never How in there. How closely does the IRS watch that? Well, you got to have the receipts. So the concept is is always act like they're looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you have to have the receipts to be able to go, hey, I could prove this if they ever knocked on my door and said, hey, you said you paid a tutor $300. Did you? And you go, hey, look, here's my 
you know, receipt for $300 for a tutor, you're safe. So in, instead of just, like I said, keeping money in a can for college, yes. keeping money in a savings account for college, you can put it in this. It can grow exactly. exponentially. Yes. And you won't ever have to pay taxes on it if you use it correctly. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of like a Roth yeah. for school. But if you don't have to use it for school because your kid got a scholarship or they're serving our country, you can convert it to an actual Roth yes. in the child's name. Yes. We've, and we've already done – Let it keep growing that way. A dozen of these um, for the, the people who said, hey, my child may go get a PhD, MBA, whatever the case may be. And then turns out they changed their mind. They got a job. They're like, hey, I'm good. I'm done with school. Um, and this money's sitting in there. In some cases, it's you know six digits. So um, the right, and but the limitations are that it needs to be used for school. But the bonuses is everything that accrues and grows in that account over the next seventeen years. Exactly, is tax free. Is tax free as long as it's used for those items. And then if you don't use it for school, or there's money left over because you know you started saving and the market went went. Yeah, jackpot. Exactly. Uh, your kid only <laughs> needed fifty thousand dollars for school. You can convert it to a Roth for them and, and yes. start there. The only the only caveat is the five twenty nine plan had to be open for fifteen years. Okay. So if you started when your child was younger, um, or look, go back and look at it and say, hey, just sit on it. If you got two years to go, um, wait two years and then start doing these Roth conversions. Sure. Um, non taxable. So. It's it's beautiful, um, and and these are ideas that we don't know exist. Yeah. So we can have Jeff walk us through them and get us set up. And you know, halfway through uh, the process, you check back six years later and you say, yeah. "Man, look at how much money's in there." Exactly. You know, maybe we don't need to be <laughs> contributing this much. Yes. Uh, but the way that college is these days, <laughs> usually you do. you're probably not putting enough. In. Exactly, you're <laughs> typically you're short because college is going at you know twenty percent tuition hikes on an annual basis. Yeah, and, you know market can't keep up with that. So. Well, and and then all my harebrained schemes that I have is like, well, maybe I'll put it by the time my son goes to college, <laughs> I'll be fifty nine and a half at That's least. Right. You know, maybe I should just double up on my Roth and, we'll, you know, and Jeff will have to say, settle down, Josh. You're not as smart as you think you are. And legally speaking, you know, we have to keep ourselves honest and Jeff will help us with that as well. Thank you so much for walking us through the Secure Act 2.0. You betcha. Thank and you. And as things come down the pipe, uh, things might change. And so we'll address those on oh, next yeah. week's show. Exactly. That's what we're here for, to tell you that these things exist. And hopefully you give Jeff a call to to put them in action in your own uh, set of finances. 636-394-5524, 636-394-5524, or capitaladvisorygrp.com. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Supal, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.